Thank you for willingly clicking on this video, you absolutely wonderful person. My name is James, and welcome to Magic the Gathering Oathbreaker. Will I, James, do some card evaluation on cards, effects in the Oathbreaker meta? Like, are these cards good? Are they bad? You know. If, and eventually, you'll hopefully watch enough of my videos that you get my knowledge ingrained in your own head. So when you're drafting or picking up pre-con or something, do people still do that? <laughs> if you're doing that, then you'll be looking through the cards and you'll see this one. You'll be like, ah, Oathbreaker material right here. Putting this in my Oathbreaker deck, yeah. Ah, that was a little bit exaggerated, just a little. But that you'll you'll and then you won't need my channel anymore and you'll be good all on your own but i do hope you will come back after that so anyways if you are new to oathbreaker i did create a video explaining it but if you don't want to watch that right now uh, a brief rundown it's a lot like elder dragon highlander but instead of legendary creatures as your commander you get any planeswalker except for uh, Sahili the Gifted, I'm pretty sure? They they banned her because they thought she was too powerful. You know how it goes. And, uh, so the differences are, uh, you also get a signature spell, any instant and sorcery that you can cast while your Planeswalker commander is out on the battlefield. Uh, commander's attacks applies to them as well, by the way. And, a uh, 60 card singleton, 20 life, still multiplayer. So... If you have the, the signature spell and the planeswalker in the command zone, then that means you technically have a deck the size of 58. But if you have Will and Rowan Kenrith, uh, they each get their own unique signature spell. So that can bring the deck size down to 56, which I think is super cool. And that makes me want to do it just because it's so freaking weird. And a weird thing is uh, a lot of planeswalkers are either control or aggro strategies. And Rowan and Will Kenrith, like uh, the red one, that's the aggro, I'm pretty sure. And Rowan. The, the, the blue one? Controly. So you get the best of both worlds when you do that. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, just throwing that out there. It's a thing that's weird. Anyway, so this is another drop in the bucket to the series EDH vs. Oath. Since I said before I made the comparison between Commander and Oathbreaker, a lot of Commander players are looking at Oathbreaker with a strong appeal because they get to build around the Planeswalkers that they never got to before. So that unique kind of appeal is bringing them over and because they just like the multiplayer the aspect the political air not like real politics but like game politics yeah game politics um they're moving over to oathbreaker and they're really enjoying it and they're repurposing old oathbreak not oathbreaker they're repurposing old commander decks that they don't use anymore and taking the cards from that to make their oathbreaker decks and i'm going over the top 100 cards of EDH because they're the most popular you're most likely to be using them yourself and you might think oh if this is good in EDH it'll be really good in a close format Oathbreaker which can which is true for some but it's also dead wrong for others a lot of these cards in the top 100 EDH are even better in Oathbreaker and a lot of them are <laughs> way worse like not even worth putting in any deck in existence like like this one, Return to Dust. I really don't like it. That's what today's video is. Two generic and two white mana for an instant, which destroys target artifact or enchantment. But if you cast this during your main phases, like a sorcery, you get to destroy another artifact or enchantment. Yeah, two for one card. Isn't that great? A lot of people like the two for ones in multiplayer formats because for every card you draw and every land you put down, your opponents collectively draw three. So it's like, okay, so if I can do two for one, that balances the odds a little bit, even though it is still not an equal return on investment. 
So you, that's where like the, the tactics come in. Like, what is the most threatening thing? Can I politic with somebody else so we get to team up together? Form an oath? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I personally, I think this card, Return the sucks in general because it's literally a white naturalize for twice as much mana. Unless, of course, you cast it on your main phase, like a sorcery, it does it twice. But the current Oathbreaker climate, as some would call it, does not have a lot of enchantments, and artifacts are focused on for, like, tokens, like the Thopter tokens, the Servo tokens. People like tokens because they can protect their Planeswalker from a lot of the other creatures, because you don't want to constantly be like, destroy! Destroy your walker! Destroy your walker! It's a lot of, like, not recurring value, but if you like pay one, get a 1-1 one, one dude, then he can attack over and over again. He can block over and over again. Maybe it'd have to be like stronger than a 1-1 one, one, to be honest. But anyway, so this is like, okay, uh, there's not going to be a lot of really big scary artifacts. And if there is artifacts that are scary, it's going to be because they're massed. Like Thopters, if there's a big old platoon of Thopters flying over your... Uh, little kitty cats and just eating up a Johnny then that's not gonna be exciting at all but you'll be like hey this will only take care of two of them but that's gonna give me that's gonna net me negative return on mana invested which is a really big feel bad and uh there are some enchantment decks in EDH which makes sense uh Croson no not Croson Gray this is return to dust there was a lot of big scary artifacts in Elder Dragon Highlander and big scary enchantments, but those aren't going to be so fixated upon in Oathbreaker because there isn't a lot of enchantment-based Oathbreaker commanders, the Planeswalkers. They're, I said earlier, they're mostly like aggro and control. So that, that they'll be a little bit harder to build around, but like it'll happen. But because of the Oathbreaker climate, there'll be a lot more permanent removal rather than just like oh artifact enchantment or creature because you got to get rid of planeswalkers or their emblems which could which is what like a lot of the decks are like built around they're like hey you got to get rid of that got to ultimate him got to get that emblem and then it's scot home free is it home free or scot free it's victory from there is what i'm trying to say so you're gonna want permanent removal because this <laughs> return the dust doesn't touch the planeswalker it doesn't touch their emblem it may touch a big scary artifact or enchantment that comes out in the late game, but by then the game is really close to ending and things can swivel really fast and I don't think Return the Dust is a very good investment. Usually the engines they build are like, oh, if you just remove that one card, then you don't have to worry so much. And so you might as well just run the normal naturalize or is there a white version of naturalize this costs four to do the same effect that you could pay half as much to do so it's like what the heck you're not gonna leave four mana open just in case something fat comes along and scares you to pieces no <laughs> those are better options than that just target destruction uh there's there is some uh uh here's one um what is it unstable obelisk pay three enters the battlefield it taps at a colorless you can pay seven and tap it to sack it destroy target permanent spine of ish i'm pretty sure it costs seven enters the battlefield destroy target permanent and i think when it leaves the battle it also destroys target permanent and generous gift two and a white for an instant which reads destroy target permanent its control gets a three three elephant uh, universal solvent it's an artifact which comes out turn one then you pay seven tap it sacrifice it destroy target permanent those are really good alternatives 
that can cover a lot more than Return to Dust. These don't make as much dust as Return to Dust because they're single target, but they'll turn anything to dust. If the guy is Cradle, dust with uh, Universal Solvent, <laughs> Unstable Opolis, these kind of things, yeah. So, in conclusion, I believe Return to Dust will suck in Oathbreaker. I hope this video helped you. I hope you enjoy it. Please give me a thumbs up if you did. Uh, let me know what Oathbreaker related videos you want to see. And I will see you in the next one. Actually, so some of my older videos, <laughs> I used a green screen for that. It's like if you watch them, then you know. Um, if, you, if you're new, uh, I, you should probably watch some of my old stuff. I used a green screen. And the green screen was actually a... Uh, uh, back when I was a little, a wee little baby. Baby. <laughs> what is that word? Anyway, when I was a little kid, we had these foam mats that we used to build forts out of. And some of them were green, so we haven't used them in a while. They were stuffed behind an armor. And I was like, hey, uh, the, the iPhone iMovie app uh, added green screen effects to it. So I was like, hey, I want to use that. So I pulled the mat out after not touching it for years. And I leaned it up against the armoire, put my put my camera on the tripod in front of it, and just sat there on the floor. Was like, "Hey, yo, my name is James. Welcome to MTG Oathbreaker. This is EDH versus Oath, where I go over the top 100 community cards, and so on forth." And then I was able to use the green screen, and it was really cool. I had so much fun doing that. Uh, it was it was annoying. Actually, what I did was I sat there and just came up off the top of my head. I would look at the card that I was going to talk about in that video. And just be like, huh, okay, so this thing, it destroys artifacts and enchantments. That's kind of lame. This is not good. And then some of them, like, Rhystic Study. I was like, this card is sweet! And I hyped it up. <laughs> and that's the majority of what was going on. And now what I'm doing is I've got my computer right here. And... I'm basically making an article that, like, I would publish on, like, a website. Just going over everything that I would talk about in a video. And just using it as a general outline for what I talk about in the video. I refer back to what you can see when I look over here. I'm, like, reading the words. But I try to keep my eyes on the camera as much as I can. Because that's more personal. Uh, if, I, if I'm just sitting here staring at the thing the entire time, it's like, what? What? <laughs> what am I doing? Also, I don't necessarily look into the lens all the time. Uh, the the, the flip-out screen is right to the side. I always look at that. 